Welcome back to another episode of Our Interesting Times. It is my pleasure to have Dr. E. Michael Jones back on the show. He returns to talk about some current events. Of course, um, uh, what happened in Canada, the, uh, the crackdown, Trudeau, uh, uh, I guess, uh, uh, sent in his Cossacks on loan from Russia <laughs> to, to smash the, uh, the, the rebellion there. I think they threatened to upend the government because there was, that's why he had to invoke the emergency decree. Emergency Powers Act, which uh, I guess legally suspended the Canadian Charter Bill of Rights. It has been suspended for about two years because of the COVID stuff. And also what's going on in the Ukraine, the um, uh, the invasion of Ukraine or the special military operation, as Putin would call it. Uh, of course, this comes after what some 25 years of relentless NATO expansion. <laughs> so and provocation, which none of the media seems to be reporting on, uh, which at least we'll put it in some context, right? You think you get a little of that. We're not getting it that. We're getting a lot of uh, just crude propaganda about uh, Ukrainian bravery and grit and the uh, low morale and incompetence of the Russian army, which would lead me to believe that if it is set incompetent, incompetent, then we don't need NATO because it came and in, invade Ukraine. But anyway, uh, and you also uh, penned this piece, um, uh, the great, um, sorry, it, uh, let me get here. You sent me a, a copy of it. It's due to be published, I believe, next week's, uh, sorry, next month's uh, Culture Wars April. The Great Canadian Trucker Holocaust, how Honk Honk became, came to mean Heil Hitler. <laughs> yeah. um, so, um, of course, Dr. Jones, how are you doing this evening? Good, good, Tim. Good to be here. Right. Thanks for coming on the show. So how do you want to take all this? How do you want to start the well, conversation? I, I, I think, I think you, uh, you kind of hinted at it already, that uh, every, the secret here to uh, moving this narrative along in terms of the oligarchs' uh, intentions is to compartmentalize everything. Whereas I'd like to see it as a kind, as a kind of continuity here. I think that there is a, a flow here of events that has uh, a, a hidden grammar that I think you can explicate if you look at the, at the rhetoric that the people are using. So to get to the, now, first of all, we're not supposed to talk about Canada anymore. Polite people don't talk about Canada anymore. This is this is kind of bad form because we have to, as you mentioned, we have to talk about those heroic grannies in yoga pants who stopped a column of Russian tanks uh, with wooden AK-47s or the video game uh, guy, the ghost of all this type of stuff. Horrendous propaganda. You can't figure out at all what's going on by going to any of the standard news sources. Nothing but propaganda. But I think there is a a kind of continuity here, uh, because what we had here was the COVID narrative. Uh, the COVID narrative led to the Canadian trucker uh, convoy. They had had enough. Now, wh what happened here, I think, is that uh, uh, Justin Trudeau just didn't didn't see the moment. He didn't seize the political moment because he didn't see it. The political moment someone who did see it was Boris Johnson, who basically he was on the ropes. He had been co convicted now in the press of attending about his 10th COVID party without wearing a mask. Number 10 Downing Street was doing nothing but celebrating the whole time, uh, going out without masks. He was on the ropes and he decided, I know what I'll do. I'll end COVID. And he did just ended it. He understood the the sense the uh, the public uh, feeling at that moment, he saw a political opportunity and he seized it. This is precisely what Justin Trudeau did not do, uh, because he's he's tone deaf politically. He's a kind of puppet of Klaus Schwab. By the way, Klaus Schwab's video uh, anointing him as a young uh, leader, a young world leader, the World Economic Forum. We really like. I can't think of any anything more damning for a politician than be, to be praised as a protege of Klaus Schwab. So this is coming out at the same time that uh, Justin Trudeau is acting like a dictator. He is a dictator. He seized complete and total power, uh, freaked out uh, at a time when all he had to do was go out and talk to the truckers. And he would have won the allegiance of the Canadian people. Could have been a very simple conversation. Trucker could have said, is this going to go on forever? Trudeau would say, no. Trucker would say, well, when are we going to end it? Trudeau could say, uh, a month from now. 
Trucker would say, no, I think we should end it next week. Trudeau says, all right, in two weeks. It's over. Okay, it would have been great. Uh, but what did he do? He panicked. And how do you know? How do you know he panicked? Because he dragged the Holocaust into the story. That's the ultimate weapon. And that is that's that provides the continuity here because everything now has to take place within the Holocaust narrative. So Trudeau says they're Nazis. Well, how did he know that? Well, there's a picture of a guy with a, a, a carrying a Nazi flag. Now, do we know this was a trucker? No, we don't know that. Uh, there apparently was a guy, the truckers tried to chase him away. Who was he working for? He's probably working for Justin Trudeau. This is known as a false flag. It was a flag, obviously, probably a false flag. And this was uh, an admission on the part of Trudeau that he couldn't deal with it, couldn't deal with it honestly, couldn't deal with it in an honest, unpanicked, unemotional, political fashion. And what he did was basically expose himself as a puppet of the oligarchs, a puppet of Big Pharma, a puppet of Klaus Schwab, a, a weak and ineffectual politician who had to go to the nuclear option to deal with basically parking violations. So all we're talking about here is parking violations until you bring the Holocaust into it. And then it goes uh, and then we're into the, the realm of uh, psychodrama. Now, he wasn't alone in doing this. There is a video that has gone viral. It's one of those things that if, if this lady hadn't done it, you, you uh, Goebbels would have had to make this up. But uh, one of his uh, supporters uh, got on and she gave this incredibly emotional uh, appeal and she began by saying, I'm Jewish. OK, and then she said the fatal words. And I have relatives who died in the Holocaust. Now, as soon as you're talking to someone who had relatives who died in the Holocaust, you simply have to run up the white flag and say, OK, you're right. Whatever you say is is right. Uh, and uh, there's nothing I can do about it. Then she went on to say uh, uh, something that was really made this thing uh, take off. She said. Hong Kong is equal to saying Heil Hitler. Now that was so. Wait, so, wait. Does that mean every traffic jam is a Nuremberg rally? I, if, <laughs> if you have relatives who died in the Holocaust, it okay. is. now it is. You know, just think of all these people now. Just think. Just think of the ADL issuing yeah. hate crimes legislation now. Uh, every time who goes Hong Kong on his horn, uh, you're you're going to end up in jail because you're a Nazi. OK, well, no, no. So that was just about ready to uh, explain. It did explode. I mean, people are not going to let this go. Even Ben Shapiro decided to take this, take this one on. It's not going to go away. It's out there. And as if uh, suddenly there's somebody in command control who understood, wait a minute, this is not good. We got the channel got switched and it was the Ukraine. Mm hmm. It was the Ukraine. And suddenly, well, no one's talking. No one's talking about how embarrassing Justin Trudeau was. More importantly, no one's talking about COVID anymore. COVID's over. And, and, those, and just, those, even, just even had the, uh, the audacity to come out and criticize Putin for being authoritarian. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the, the hypocrisy here was stunning. The, 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 Indian, the Indian ambassador came out because Trudeau, apparently, when the Indian farmers were protesting, uh, Trudeau said, well, if I were there, I'd talk to the farmers. Well, sure, Justin, you talk to Indian farmers. Who cares? <laughs> you won't talk to the Canadians, though, because uh, because they're your people and you don't you don't represent your people. So it was a clear uh, the, the mask fell the man be the dog Toto pulled the curtain back and we all saw the man behind the, the curtain and he wrecked his he wrecked his career as, a, as a, a politician. We now know that all of this stuff I've been saying for years now about representative government is absolutely true. He was anointed by Klaus Schwab and he rules Canada, Canada in the interest of the World Economic Forum. It's obvious now. It's obvious now. Now, how he's going to survive that, I don't know. I don't know. But the lady uh, from wherever it is, 
it gives you some indication. All you have to do is wrap your wrap the uh, get your invoke the Holocaust, and then everything everything is okay. No, it's not okay because invoking the Holocaust in Canada was a uh, identity theft. And now we know the game. And now once you, once you understand this, now you begin to see the Holocaust narrative as the continuity here. This is the continuity here from one thing to another. Okay. Now there is an actual crucial player here. Uh, the uh, finance minister at, in uh, Canada. It turns out she's a Ukrainian. Yeah. And not only that, uh, she is the uh, she is the uh, was involved in with the CIA in the Ukraine, according to the KGB at the time, who uh, basically saw her distributing all sorts of money and kind of getting uh, priming the pump for what is happening right now. So this is when she was basic. this would have been she was like a college student. Yeah, graduate student. Yeah, wow, it's actually yeah. It, it's yeah. in Wikipedia, so it must be true. If it's why would they put it in Wikipedia if it weren't true? It doesn't make her look good at all. Now she is the author of the uh, nuclear finance financial sanctions, which was basically Trudeau's uh, ultimate nuclear option against his own people. So okay, you parked your truck uh, in a, a no parking zone. Okay, you now get the death penalty. Where there's no rule of law here, it's now the death penalty for a parking violation. That's pretty much what Trudeau said. And the what what death penalty meant was financial sanctions, which means freezing your bank account. 190 people got their bank accounts frozen. Not only that, it's much worse than that. Okay, 190 truckers got arrested. Okay, your bank account is they stole all your money. You can't buy food anymore because they stole your money. OK, and then they went even farther than that. If you contributed to GoFundMe, they get they went after your bank account and the and the Canadian government says, yeah, we're going to do that. And yeah, you deserve it because why do you deserve the death penalty for a parking violation? Well, because Hong Kong is good for Heil Hitler. That's right. That's exactly the point. That's why you have to roll the uh, the Holocaust narrative into this. To, to, to basically turn a parking ticket into a death sentence. That's exactly what they did there uh, in the Ukraine. Now, a uh, guy who picked this up was uh, Glenn Greenwald, who was associated with WikiLeaks, who was a colleague at one point of Julian Assange. And he said that this started, this practice started with Joe Lieberman's attack on Julian Assange. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is when he's Senator Joe Lieberman representing the state of Israel through uh, uh, but not the state of Connecticut, uh, in which he uh, uh, basically what happened here is we we don't need government anymore. OK, you can't you can't get the government. The government simply could not take on Julian Assange. They knew they couldn't get him because he was only doing the things that the New York Times does on a regular basis, and that would come out in court. So he persuades private entities to basically uh, cut him off from his money. Freeze the bank account. Okay, that's that's what they did. Okay, that's what happened. And then it became uh, basically the weapon of choice. Now, Greenwald's next stop on this tour is a certain group that we talked about uh, before the ADL got involved in the same thing. So this, this, this is an ongoing narrative. Okay. That has developed over, over the years where uh, you're developing certain weapons to basically destroy representative government, destroy due process, destroy the legal system by simply circumventing it. You're going to outflank the legal system now. You don't have to prove anything in court anymore. All you have to do is go to Google or to Amazon or to any of these entities and say, cut them out from the uh, economic process and you're dead. You're dead. This is the way they do it. This is state of the art tyranny in the world today. And it was proven uh, in Canada. That's the way they did it. Yeah, it was a great example of that. And you're right. I remember at the time when Julian Assange was 
deplatformed or cut off from MasterCard or Visa, these payment systems, thinking to myself, he hasn't been convicted or even indicted of any crimes. Where does he get off? Where do the uh, do government officials get off demanding or, or requesting that these companies do it? And they just did it without any, uh, so much as a protest. And I said, this is wrong. You should at least you have to be indicted. You know, the government should have to present a, a criminal case against you for them to do this. Right, uh, right. But then I was naive. I believed the First Amendment mattered back then. It, it doesn't, you know. Um, no, it doesn't yeah. because that we, we don't have, this is not government. These are proxies of the government who have the power of government, but none of the responsibility, none of the checks and balances of the whole government in power. This is what I've been talking about for years. This is an attack on representative government. Yeah, and, and, and to double the average, you've, you've government officials, the White House, senators calling for censorship. Just, uh, I just heard uh, today that Senator Mark Warner said um, that we need to uh, do better job in cutting off Russian media because of disinformation. Canada today cut off RT because of the disinformation might get out. It doesn't say much for your argument if you have to rely on censorship to defend your argument in any issue, but they're doing it. It's so obvious uh, that they're doing that. Yeah, so one step at a time, you kind of established the precedent. You've already established the precedent that if if the uh, if the ADL doesn't like you, then you get deplatformed and you get cut off from the economic system. It's already now. So in a sense, this is the lead up uh, to the war. This is the lead up to the war uh, where you're going to have the same uh, narrative. So what you what you need to do is now convince the world that Russians are Nazis. Oh, no, <laughs> now, wait, now, wait a minute. This, this is getting complicated. They're commie Nazis. <laughs> wait a minute. This, this is getting complicated <laughs> because, because actually when you get into the Ukraine and you look into their paramilitary group, yes. it turns out they are Nazis. Yes. Wait a minute. They are certified, genuine, 100% Nazis. And I'm talking about the Azov Brigade, which you can Google, Google the pictures. And there they are with their helmets and their, their uh, the swastika on, on their helmets. Now, why would ethnic Ukrainians have an affinity towards National socialists, particularly those from Germany. Okay, now what's the, gets, what's the history here? This is really strange. It, it, this is strange. This is strange, <laughs> and it gets even stranger. So, uh, just before the shit hit the fan in the Ukraine, the Ukrainian Parliament, whatever that is, uh, passed uh, a law criminalizing anti-Semitism. Now, this is really interesting in the history of the Ukraine because. Well, what happened? What is the biggest event in Ukrainian history in the last century? It's called the Holodomor, and it's basically a campaign to starve the uh, Ukrainians to death. Now, who did that? Well, it was the Soviet Union, but there was one guy who was put in charge of it, and his name was Lazar Kaganovich. <laughs> it turns he, out he was. I know he was a secularizing radical. <laughs> who would have thought who would have thought that first of all bolshevism was a jewish political movement yeah. so it's not surprising that all of the chief architects of imposing it on the rest of the world are going to be jews too lazar kaganovich was a jew is kagan the shortening of kaganovich i'm just this wondering. is i think it is i think it is so you've got yeah. victoria newland yeah. who is the lady who basically started the coup d'etat that overthrew the legitimate government in the Ukraine in 19, 2014. And she's married to Robert Kagan, mm -hmm. who uh, seemed that's a short for Kaganovich. Uh, he's one of the most notorious neocons out there. So you've got this absolutely weird situation where uh, you've got uh, Jews overthrowing the legitimate government, installing a puppet regime run by Jews, the first pre premier, uh, forget his name, but he was a Jew. And now we've got uh, Zelensky. Yeah, was it Yatsenuk, uh, wasn't it? Yatsenuk and then Zelensky. No, yeah, I don't think Yats was the guy. No, the other guy. He could, Por he Poroshenko? Yeah, Poroshenko. Okay, there we go. Okay. So. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so that was the guy. So we got a new Jew in charge here. And this Jew is using Nazis <laughs> to bring about the defense of now wait a minute it's they're supposed to be defending defending the ukrainians again to the ukrainian first of all did the ukrainians have anything to say about this 
Did they have anything to say about the coup d'etat that overthrew the president because the president of the Ukraine at that point was you know, just decided not to sign a deal with the European Union, but got a better deal on gas and energy from the Russians who were right next door. And so assigned a deal with them. And that sealed his death death certificate. That was a death warrant for him. Well, no, because if the Canadians and Americans don't don't have right to self-government, why should the Ukrainians? Right. So <laughs> that, I think I think we're, we're coming down to some type of coherence here uh, in the narrative. In other words, in Canada, you have to invoke the Holocaust as part of the identity theft that is necessary to demonize the people you don't like, namely Canadian truckers who probably had never had a political thought in their lives until their livelihoods were threatened by this draconian COVID lockdown, who then mobilized ad hoc and were demonized as Nazis. Yeah, I've, I've heard the observation. I've made the observation that uh, it's amazing how under the liberal premiership of uh, of Justin Trudeau, uh, hundreds of thousands, of millions of uh, decent, moderate Canadians have been turned into bloodthirsty Nazis and white supremacists <laughs> overnight. It's like overnight. What an effect overnight. he's had. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? I mean, the Canadians were probably one of the most docile people on the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, the joke is if you step on a Canadian's foot, he says, I'm sorry. <laughs> it, it was, it's, a, it's a sparsely populated country where you could just go off and be on your own. You know, I mean, there's so much space there and so few people. And then suddenly, what did, what did Trudeau do? He radicalized a whole group of people who were the most apolitical people on the face of the earth. That was quite an achievement. How stupid can you get? How, how, this is preposterous. And the vehicle that allowed him to do it was the Holocaust. It's that simple. So now we switch gears. All right, everyone in the audience, forget about Canada. It's over. Forget about it. Forget about COVID. Forget about everything. We're talking about the Ukraine now. Okay. Well, it turns out we have real Nazis in the Ukraine, real certifiable Nazis. And suddenly it doesn't apply anymore. Wait a minute. I'm confused here. And and adding to my confusion is uh, Facebook has to jump into this story. And they had to announce that uh, we do not permit glorification of Nazis unless they're Ukrainian Nazis. And then you can say whatever you want about. Now, there's there's the application of real serious principle. I mean, aren't you glad these people are in charge of free speech and what you can say? I mean, this is preposterous. This, the wheels are coming off this thing as, as we speak. And so in order to make everyone forget, we've got nonstop uh propaganda going on as we speak yeah someone sent me a picture of a, of a woman in bandages bleeding and uh you know just sent a text messaging without any context i presumably she's supposed to be like i guess a ukrainian civilian and i just responded ottawa with a question mark you know it was just an ottawa yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. where is this you know uh but yeah now we're uh yeah we're getting all this propaganda footage filming without context uh, it's it's typical because now Putin is the is the boogeyman who's threatening who threatens the world, but but nevertheless he's he's bogged down in Ukraine. Uh, so, hmm. but uh, I, I'm 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 not sure he's bogged down. That's the message I'm we're we're hearing. Yeah, on oh, the that's, news. that's what we're told. I'm saying it's a conflicting message. I'm saying if this is true, then why do we bother with NATO? It's uh, he's not a threat. Uh, I, I right. also also said someone was telling me about U- Ukraine, and my response was. I, a mile half of my house is a tent city where a bunch of meth addicts live, um, and I got to worry about a border dispute, a border dispute in Eurasia. I said that's globalism defined, isn't it? <laughs> it's like you know we got yeah. our own problems, and not to mention the fact that, of course, this whole conflict has been stoked or fomented by a quarter century of uh, of uh, U.S. intransigence or aggression, expansion eastward, poking the bear. And I think we, we alluded to it last time we spoke is this has really nothing to do with Ukraine per se. It, really, it's about, you know, uh, keeping Germany down and Russia out and encircling Russia. It's 100 years of, of right. strategy here, which no one talks about in the media, of course. It's good. No, no, of course not. You're supposed you're not you're not supposed to talk about that. All of the incidents that we've already mentioned, the coup d'etat in uh, 2014 mm-hmm. or ju- just 
watching those videos. I, I, I was watching videos of the Maidan thing. Those were not peaceful demonstrators. These were bad dudes. Uh, you know, that you watch them. They're pictures of the uh, the so-called uh, peaceful demonstrators there, all looking like Antifa to me. They're all covered up, you know, looks mm -hmm. the same the same type of outfit, or kind of like Canadian Mounties now. They look yeah. like Antifa too. Uh, but they're throwing Molotov cocktails. And they're hitting policemen. The policemen are going up in flames and they're having to use uh, 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 fire extinguishers to put out the fire. Well, these, this, these are these are uh, these are a bad bunch of people. You know, they should have used they should have used military force at this point because they were being attacked in uh, ways that were endangering the lives of the people. But they didn't do, they didn't do anything. They let it go on and on. And then they had that incident where some snipers show up and 100 people are dead. Yeah. And no one yeah. knows who the snipers were. Uh, uh, well, who would pro who profited from it? And and are these people these people are totally capable of doing that kind of stuff? Mm -hmm. And it's they've funny, been doing it's funny, it. It's funny the snipers weren't there uh, when Victoria Newland was handing out cookies to their to the protesters. <laughs> no, so. no, she she was perfectly safe. Yeah, um, yeah. So I I think you've written before and said, of course, it's clear it's not all protests are equal, right? So it all depends on what what you know i guess what your protest is testing over and what who who, who you're serving with your protest and we witnessed that with the black lives matter antifa riots in 2020 then on january 20 january 6 2021 there's this incident in capitol hill which becomes an insurrection you know and we're supposed to be terrified of white you know uh, supremacist terrorists that our attorney general tells us are about to take over the country yet he can't identify any particular group or individual but nevertheless we're supposed to be terrified of it then we hear that parents speaking at school boards and expressing their misgivings or their unhappiness with the policies at the school, but whether their daughter's being raped by transgendered people or uh, COVID lockdowns or, or critical race theory or porn pornography being taught to kids. If you protest that, you are a, uh, a potential terrorist, according to our attorney general. Um, and so we have, you know, it's, it's, it's and, or Justin Trudeau, who, who took a knee a few times during the summer of 2020, uh, cracking down on the, uh, the, the these peaceful, literally peaceful protesters in Canada. And instead, of, instead of Black Lives Matter, which uh, caused two billion dollars worth of uh, damage to mm -hmm. property. Yeah. And uh, and a huge spike in the crime uh, rate. The homicide rate has soared uh, you know, throughout the United States. So, you gotta, uh, yeah, that's part of it. Uh, but you made the point in the article, um, it's, it's interesting because you talk about is now the way you suppress protests isn't so much sending goons in, although Trudeau was willing to do that. The real effective way is to cut them off financially and deperson them, deplatform them, starve them out without any, uh, I guess, uh, bad optics. And you made a uh, uh, in the article talk about Naomi Wolf. Uh, she's sort of a child of the 60s. She, just, she still thinks the, uh, the strategy is, a, is civil disobedience and it's it's a sit down protests and all that because it worked for the civil rights movement. Well, the civil rights movement succeeded because it really wasn't a protest movement. I know this may be news to people. It had the support. Yeah, maybe locally it was opposed, but the powers that be, the empire supported the civil rights movement, so it succeeded. Right. You know, and so her model doesn't work. I mean, it, yeah, it's yeah, it's you can protest and all that stuff. You may point in the articles. Well, no, because that method is. You go in the financial route and cutting people off from their livelihood, their homes, and sort of just uh, deperson, uh, deplatforming and making them unpersons. Uh, That's right. Yeah. It's identity theft mm -hmm. one of one sort or another. It's also financial warfare. And that, it turns out, is what the, uh, the, United, the, uh, the United States is going to wage against Russia now. Now, at a certain point, this is not, it's not going to work. Okay. Now, one of the major uh, benefits, uh, side benefits of this war in Ukraine is it panicked the Germans into abandoning Nord Stream 2, uh, the pipeline, mm -hmm. which was always been has always been the main goal of American foreign policy for I, ever since the pipeline word of the pipeline reached Washington. They've been determined to get Germany to abandon. And because of the docile Germans who are complete victims of social engineering, who have been brainwashed for generations now, they went ahead and did it. They went ahead and did it. Schultz announced, uh, I, I can't stand Germans speaking English anymore. I, I, I just have to say this. I can't stand it anymore. I am so sick of Germans speaking English. 
They won't even they won't speak German to you anymore. You have to basically arm wrestle them because <laughs> this is this is part of their passive aggressive behavior right now, which came out. Cla a classic example is uh, Schultz, Olaf Schultz, who is the uh, basically of the so Socialist Party, the SPD, whose former chancellor was Gerhard Schröder, who is on the board of Nord Stream 2. So obviously there's going there there's going to be ramifications here. So okay, this is this is Schultz. Um, he has a gun. He puts it to his forehead, and then he says to Russia, "If you don't do what I say, I'm going to pull this trigger." And then he pulls the trigger. So now what? Now what, Olaf? What are you going to do now? Where's where is the energy going to come for your economy? You have a high tech economy, and now in this uh, this uh, instance of virtue virtue signaling uh groveling once more before the american empire uh confirming your status as a vassal state of america you basically enact a law that is going to hurt german manufacturing why did you do that well the answer is the holocaust <laughs> this is the answer to every question now okay how does this this is the narrative the narrative, it's like the, the epic. What is the epic of Rome? It's the Aeneid. It's like, this is explains like where you came from when Aeneas took his father and his household gods and left Troy and came to the new world, this new world, and started Rome. Well, this is our epic, our national epic, and it began after World War II when we convinced the world that we were a benevolent power who really, you know, we just did a great job in Europe and they, they loved us. We handed out chewing gum and the kids loved us and the ladies threw flowers and so on. But that's all going down the drain now. That narrative is disappearing, even in Germany, or so let's say especially in Germany. And now Germans are talking about allied war crimes. Mm -hmm. Now, I lived in Germany. In the 1970s, I was there. I taught their children. I spoke fluent. I still speak fluent German. And we never talked about this. Never. And one of the main uh, issues back then uh, uh, was the the uh, camps on the Rhine Meadows, the Rheinwiesenlager. Now, I lived on the Rhine. There were meadows right there. And if you went uh, up the Rhine about 10 kilometers, you came to Rheinberg, and one of the camps was there. It was there, and no one talked about this. No one, absolutely no one. And now the, the story is coming out. So at the same time, this is something's got to give here. At the same time, you have this consciousness arising that, uh, you know, like a documentary on American troops raping German women. No one ever talked about this when I was there. Okay, now it's coming out. You've got this type of consciousness rising. At the same time, you have Schultz, basically the head of Germany acting in the interest of an American empire that holds them in contempt and is going to hurt German, the German people. Energy is going to go through the roof, fellas. You didn't figure that one out, did you? You know, and now you're going to be dependent on liquefied natural gas being shipped up from the Persian Gulf. And they're saying, we don't, we can't make up for this shortfall. Forget it. And now you're going to engage in uh, financial impose financial sanctions on Russia at a time when you're dependent on their uh, energy from Russia. Oh wait a minute! Oh wait a minute! Look at the fine print. Uh, the, you're going to be kicked out of SWIFT. Russia is going to be kicked out of SWIFT, except for uh, energy payments. Uh, <laughs> so in other words, it's yeah. pure hypocrisy. And then the Germans, the stupid Germans, in order to cover their cover face. Uh, Save face here. They're going to uh, increase their military budget by $100 billion. Now, wait a minute. We don't need German military. They're worthless anyway. And Poland doesn't like this idea at all. <laughs> they don't like the idea of $100 billion military because they're right next door. But they're both and members you... of NATO. Nothing to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> this, so what, what you're seeing is cracks. Uh, yeah. At the same time, the cracks are appearing in the NATO alliance, you're cementing the alliance between China and Russia uh, and Iran. And all of that gas, the Russians are going to say, all that gas Germany wanted, I got a 
people down south here in China, they'll buy every single cubic foot of what you just turned down. And they won't be trading it in dollars either, will they? Well, why should they? Yeah. So there. Why you go. should they? Yeah. Yeah. So so you're the overreach now. You're going to kill uh, the goose that laid the golden egg. In other words, the financial, the American financial, the international financial system in which the dollar is the reserve currency. Yeah, every time you impose sanctions, you weaken the dollar's position because people will have a workaround and they won't use dollars. That's how you, that's how you get around it. Yeah. And yeah. so what better time to weaken the dollar now that we it's already we're already weakening it, uh, the government here with this uh, rampant inflation? Well, that's Putin's fault, I heard. I knew I knew that <laughs> I knew he was involved in this one some way, somehow, even, even though they talk about high, high energy prices are necessary for the green economy. But nevertheless, it's Putin's fault, you know, so. So, yeah, yeah, the false scarcity is necessary to bring about the Great Reset. So they 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 create crisis after crisis, you know, so. So, so what what what's the, the narrative here is or what's the moral of the story? Uh, who did the negotiating here? It was. And Mr. Blinken, it turns out that Mr. Blinken uh, was one of those people who probably had relatives who died in the Holocaust. So don't send if you're going to negotiate with someone, don't send someone whose relatives died in the Holocaust. Because every time they hear honk honk, they're going to say it's, it means Heil Hitler. Well, they said they, they, uh, yeah, they made uh, anti-Semitism illegal, of course, without defining it. Of course, if, if anti-Semitism... No, no, is, no, they did define it. They, they oh. accepted the International Holocaust Remembrance Association's definition, which is a certain perception. Okay, so, uh, <laughs> A okay. certain perception, huh? Good, good. So what, what you, essentially what you're doing is you're making philo-Semitism mandatory because the only way you, can, you cannot be anti-Semitic, you, you have to be philo-Semitic because if you criticize or make a Jewish... A Jewish organization or Jew uncomfortable, you're guilty of anti-Semitism, or at least liable to be accused of such a thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you have Naomi Wolf and Glenn uh, Greenwald, both uh, Jewish, both upset, and both incapable of connecting the dots, because because when you're a fish, you're not wet. You don't you don't think you're wet. Mm -hmm. They simply can't perceive this as a category. So Greenwald said, "Oh yeah, the ADL was doing this." Well, what's the ADL? Well, they're liberal Democrats. <laughs> it's like they're like secularizing activists. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Did the liberal Democrats take over the ADL or did the ADL take over the Democratic Party and the Republican Party? I think you've got the cart before the horse here, Glenn. It's all you can't uh, understand what's going on. He's a very perceptive guy, yes. but he really can't understand what's going on or the continuity between these events because you can't talk about who's doing it. Yeah. And that who is, is vital understanding, you know, I guess the, the conflict or the controversy to begin with that I, you know, uh, um, yeah, you have to look at it. I mean, you have to realize the, uh, I mean, it, you know, if uh, one group declares ethnic warfare, the other group de denies that it's happening. Does it mean it's not happening? Of course it's happening. Um, and that's the subtext, or at least the hidden grammar of, uh, of so much of Western, uh, you know, modern history, uh, Western history is the, is ethnic warfare, but we can't talk about that because the group waging ethnic warfare is the, uh, I guess the perennial official victim of history. So you can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. But, but more importantly, you can't talk to these people. Mm -hmm. That is the whole point. How are you, how could you possibly talk to that lady in the Canadian parliament? How could you possibly begin to talk about? Well, wait a minute. No, don't you? What don't you think these truckers have a right to express their grievances? Isn't that in the Constitution? No. Once you make the connection to the Holocaust, that ends all rational discussion. Mm -hmm. It's over. And so I'm saying that the whole purpose of the Holocaust narrative, from beginning to end, all the way from the beginning up to today, has been to derail rational discussion uh, uh, from the very beginning. So the rational discussion at the beginning was, well, what about allied war crimes? Well, no, they, they didn't take place. We had Nuremberg and uh, it was only, you know, these there were only a certain group of people were talked about. And that's that. And we're not going to talk about any other war crimes. OK, we're just going to deliberately eliminate it. And then you've got uh, that leads to the foundation of the state of Israel, which leads immediately, immediately 
to terrorism and ethnic cleansing. And we have uh, Menachem Begin, uh, the terrorist, uh, shows up with a bunch of uh, Israeli terrorists. And they basically take the people of uh, Deir Yasin, Palestinian village, they take them out and they line them up and they shoot them. It's right out of World War II. So this this the, it occur, so now the the uh, the Holocaust uh, Museum, uh, Yad Vashem. Anyway, uh, that's uh, built right near where Deir Yasin was. There's no that was obliterated, and the Holocaust has risen up out of the ashes as a way of obliterating the memory of the Palestinians who died at Deir Yasin, and that's the way it's gone ever since. Okay, side by side, it is there to obliterate any type of counter narrative. It's the only narrative. Mm-hmm. I think they also it's, hold the papers of Ilya Ehrenberg there in honor. Right. Uh, he 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 was the he was the Soviet propagandist who told the Soviet army to rape and murder uh, Germans as they and they they did a good job of following his instructions as well, and that led to guilt on the part of the the Soviets. You know, they had guilt to the, they wanted to cover up just as much as the English and the Americans had their guilt to cover up. Yeah, it's, that, it's, it's distraction and projection. Projection. Yeah. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And these people have become masters of projection because they had 2000 years of practice. At it. it's, it's like uh, uh, the crocodile heels being shred for, in, for civilians in Ukraine uh, by American government officials and I guess American jingoists and they. You can't get him to talk about things like, uh, I don't know, Iraq invasion 2003, the first Gulf War 1991, or Libya or Syria, uh, Serbia 1999, and any number of civil wars and you know uh, proxy wars that the U.S. government and, and Western intelligence agencies have, wa- have been waged in the past 60, 70 years, the millions of who have perished in these things. It's an ugly history that people aren't willing to... Uh, 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 contend with because they have no. to rethink a lot. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. What's What's the difference between, uh, let's say, the uh, NATO's attack on Serbia, on Belgrade, and the Russian attack on Ukraine or or Kiev? Well, for seventy days, the United States bombed everything in sight and destroyed the entire country of mm-hmm. Serbia, and then they gave up. Okay, the Serbs gave up uh, before there was an invasion. That was the whole point of it. In Iraq, they did the same thing. They pulverized everything. And then it was like basically they just waltzed into Baghdad because everything else had been destroyed. Mm -hmm. Now, in the Soviet, uh, the the um, the Russian incursion into Ukraine was not that not that way. It was the opposite. They unleashed a barrage against military targets. Okay, I've seen broadcast podcasts. It's on YouTube of people broadcasting from Kiev just the other day. Just today I saw it. Uh, You know, he's there. He's saying uh, the lights are on. I got hot and cold running water. Nothing was affected. None of the infrastructure was affected in Kiev. Now, as of that moment, now, that doesn't mean it's not going to be because the 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 great humanitarians that that great uh, uh, Jewish war hero uh, Zelensky, the former comedian, is now handing out AK-47s to anybody who shows up. Basically, be a human shield. Be this is outrageous. Yeah. Yeah. This is outrageous. And so yeah. they're broadcasting pictures of there's this cute chick standing at the balcony of her apartment in Kiev holding an AK-47. Honey, this will get you killed. This is clearly what Zelensky is talk, is trying to do here. He's trying to get Ukrainians killed because then he can blame the Russians for killing innocent civilians, even though he put uh, an AK-47 in their hands. OK, worse than that is that they have some really nasty weapons. They got them from NATO. NATO mm-hmm. was bragging about sending them in there. OK, so the Nazis... Uh, are going to have these weapons, what do they do with them? Well, they're putting them in civilian, highly populated civilian areas. Yeah, so so, the, so you, you, might, you might have like a drawn-out proxy war, uh, the likes we've seen throughout the Caucasus and the, and the Balkans the past you know, 20, 30 years. 
like like uh, Chechnya. Yeah, Chechnya. Yeah. Remember? Did you remember the pictures of Grozny? Grozny. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what Kiev is going to look like if these people continue this guerrilla warfare inside cities. And this I think is, in, in Chechnya, didn't we support Islamic fundamentalist radicals? The same people we were waging a war and terror against? So you yes. The, the same yes. thing. Yeah. Or ISIS or in Syria, for that matter. You know. So. Right, right. Anyone who opposes the, the ruling power, they get weapons from the United States to overthrow the government. The moderate rebels, as they call them. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Every every day they had stories about Assad is killing his own people mm-hmm. every day. Every day was that. And then there was the gas attack and all this other all these false flag operations. So uh, so shame on the Russians, because they've been paying attention to what the Americans have been doing for mm-hmm. years now, beginning with the humiliation of of Serbia. A completely bogus False flag-based attack. We know that 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 so-called massacre at Rachak was phony. They had corpses. They put uh, uniforms on the corpses. The bullet holes didn't line up with this. This was all the Germans doing uh, because they were our partners in crime in NATO. And then that caused the bombing attack on, on Belgrade. Shame on these people. And now they're doing the same thing in the Ukraine. Drag those weapons, drag those artillery pieces, whatever they are, into some apartment complex and then blame blame the Russians when they try and hit that and they go farther and they hit the apartment building. That's what's going on. None of this type of stuff, none of the saturation bombing that has become practice, standard operating procedure for the American military in destroying places like Iraq and Libya and Syria and Serbia. And how far back do we have to go? Dresden mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. It's been standard operating procedure for the entire time of the, the last chapter of the American empire. And no one's supposed to talk about it. No one's supposed to talk about it. And we're supposed to think that the Russians behave the way the Americans do it, And they're doing the exact opposite. They're conducting a campaign that targets military and not civilians. Yep. And of course, the whole thing could be avoided is simply if the United States and NATO gave Russia a guarantee that it would not uh, incorporate these border states, Russia's near abroad into NATO, which is a military alliance poised against Russia. Um, simply say, OK, we're, uh, we're, the EU, EU membership for Ukraine is, you know, our uh, uh, invitation is rescinded. It won't be a member of NATO. It will, it will, it will be, will neutralize it. But nevertheless, it, as you, you, as you, you alluded to, is uh, Ukraine had been effectively become a part of NATO because they had militarized it. Right. Uh, you know, which is a, a dagger. You know, of uh, course. Uh, pointed at Russia. Of but, course they have. Where'd they get all these weapons? Where'd yeah. they get all these weapons? NATO gave them the weapons. Mm-hmm. Well, you're militarizing the comp- the country, and you, as you said, using it as a dagger here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now this is this is something that the uh, adults in the room didn't tolerate in the period immediately following World War II. George Kennan was the architect of the, the Cold War strategy of basically just spheres of influence. Mm-hmm. And he, obvi- he complained about this idea that NATO is going to spread inexorably eastward. He said it's a bad idea. It's going to lead to war. Well, he was right. Now, what's the difference? Well, the difference is instead of having George Kennan on the other side of the table, you've got Anthony Blinken who had relatives who died in the Holocaust. And once you put a guy who has relatives who died in the Holocaust as your negotiating team, you can't talk to, they can't talk to anybody. The the whole point of this, you can't talk to these people. That's the whole point. There is no Logos here. Logos is the recognition of limits. These people don't recognize limits. So you had this cancerous, cancerous expansion of nato going farther and farther eastward absorbing Mm. one country after another to the point where they got to one of the vital organs of the of russia and russia said up can't do that okay this is uh, it's it this is the red line you crossed it and now we're now we're we're taking matters into our own hands yeah basically they're going to deliver uh nato fait accompli and go this is it uh, we have it now, and uh, you know we're going to 
install a, pro, a friendly government in Ukraine. And uh, that's because our national security requires it. Uh, NATO, Ukraine is not, Ukraine, Crimea, and the Black Sea are not vital to American or Western European uh, security. They're all vital to Russia. So, well, why can't no, we see yeah. this? Why can't yeah. we see this? Well, it's because we have Jews running our foreign policy. Mm-hmm. And once you're dealing with people who uh, have relatives who died in the Holocaust, all rational discussion goes out the window because this could be the next Hitler. If he's <laughs> not in Canada, he might be in a truck. The next Hitler might be in a truck in Canada. So we got to stop that. And now, of course, Putin's the next Hitler or whoever else it's going to be. Well, is Putin, so, was Putin behind the the, uh, the truck, truck freedom convoy? Yes, he was. Now that you <laughs> mention it, there was actually a Canadian news broadcast uh, saying that the Russians were behind it. There is actually that's actually that, that's true. If, mm-hmm. if it's on Canadian news, it must be true. And of course, they cut off RT, so they can't. RT can't uh, respond to those accusations. So again, what's <laughs> what's the Jewish strategy? I can't, shut them up, deplatform them. I mean, why why can't the why can't the ADL talk to someone like me? Well, has any, yeah. Has has any Jew ever? Yeah, yeah. Jews have talked with me. Yes, that's true. They are. But for the most part, once you get into the realm of Jewish organizations, they don't talk. They attack you. They they try they try to destroy you. They cut off your money. They do whatever they can to destroy you because they don't believe in logos. They are in rebellion against logos because logos prime the first manifestation of logos is speech. Human beings are rational creatures who can speak to each other and come to some type of rational conclusion. Uh, they don't like that. They don't like logos. They killed the logos incarnate. Okay, they've been at war with Logos ever since. And that means whenever they get into a negotiating uh, situation, it's their way or the highway. If you don't agree with me, uh, you're a Nazi, Uh, unless you're a good Nazi. Now, wait a minute. I don't want to let's have the good Nazis on our side, but you're a bad Nazi. You're a Canadian trucker Nazi. Yeah, uh, good Nazis. And we're not talking about Albert Speer, are we? No, but <laughs> no we're talking about the Azov Brigade yeah. because they are terrorized. Yes. They're terrorists who are like ISIS. They are the Ukrainian, Ukrainian version of ISIS who are fanatics in their desire to destroy, uh, to attack Russia. Yes, it goes back to that. Yes, that old uh, parallel settlement and that old uh, ancestral hatred they have, uh, Jacob Schiff and that's a big part of it. Um, in the piece that you sent me, you, there's a, I know we're getting kind of late here in the our conversation, in the article, in, in our, our conversation. But um, you you write about this uh, this soft porno film, uh, Ilsa, She Wolf of the SS. Yes. Uh, <laughs> or I thought it was kind of funny because it was filmed on the uh, same, uh, I guess, the uh, grounds as Hogan's Heroes. That's right. That's and I'm right. watching uh, clips from it. I'm thinking, yeah, look, it's Colonel Clink's office. <laughs> <laughs> it is, <laughs> but it, uh, what's the significance of this film? I mean, you make a very important obser- uh, observation in this article regarding Ilsa, She Wolf of the SS, and Kinsey, Alfred Kinsey. It's sort of ironic here how Germans. Another example of projection here, perhaps. Well, it was it, uh, who was the producer? <laughs> this was a Jewish production. Uh-huh. The classic of Holocaust porn is a Jewish production, and it's not only Jewish, it's Canadian Jewish. So we have Canadians to thank for the for this piece, which is a, a crucial contribution to uh, the Holocaust narrative. Crucial mm-hmm. contribution, okay, because it has all of the tropes. We're talking about tropes, and one of the tropes is basically uh, the scientific trope. And mm-hmm. uh, basically, there's, there is a connection between Kinsey and and uh, Love Camp, uh, whatever Love Camp Seven, that was the first one. Then the Canadian involved in that did Ilsa She Wolf of the SS. So the Canadians were heavily involved in this, and uh, it's because the camp is run according to scientific principles. So it's basically the scientific takeover of of sex, which is what Kinsey was promoting, and that's what everybody loved about concentration camps. It was it was an abrogation of the moral law. Mm -hmm. So there was a kind of nostalgia for concentration camps that it it arrived in the 70s. Ilza, I think, was 74, 75. Mm -hmm. 
you had a whole bunch of Italian uh, kind of this, this films about Holocaust, uh, Holocaust porn films at the same time. What is the message of the, the Holocaust? It's the abrogation of the moral law. And there's a certain desire for this abrogation of the moral law because it allows you to have sex without guilt. And that becomes the whole key of Holocaust porn and why these people were finding it so attractive at this period of time. And also the accusation um, that the Germans had a unique, I guess, um, uh, uh, Germans, there was this crime they committed with experimenting on people. This was a, a Nazi thing. But as you point out in the article with MKUltra, there was a prominent Jewish role in MKUltra uh, with uh, yeah. Sidney Gottlieb. Sidney Gottlieb, yeah. yeah, all these guys. Yeah, they were involved in MKUltra. The Jews were heavily involved in the social engineering of German of, of the German people after World War II. Uh, the, uh, the Jews who left Germany in the 1930s all came roaring back, uh, lusting for vengeance. A lot of them were on the Nuremberg, uh, the staff of the Nuremberg trials. Yeah, this, this was... Uh, it was projection. It was projection. We're saying the Nazis did it. Well, the Jews were doing it. The Jews were do- involved in these experimentation. M- As you said, MK Ultra was was a Jewish project, giving people LSD, not telling them about it. All the medical experimentation that the Americans were doing uh, simply disappears, and it gets projected onto the onto the Nazis. Yeah, and of course we don't. Uh, we have this, I guess, more modern or I guess contemporary examples, at least closer to our own age, with uh, with Dr. Fauci and his experiments. On yeah, COVID. right. Yeah. What do you think COVID was? Yeah. It was medical experimentation. Yeah, what do you think the shot is? You're right. <laughs> medical experimentation yes. and the entire world were guinea pigs. Yes. Wasn't just the, the people in the concentration camp. Now they feel justified in, in, in dragging the entire world into medical experimentation. Yeah, I think the movie ends. Uh, you can see it goes. Uh, the camp's being destroyed, and the SS, the blonde-haired SS guy, goes. The camp is now destroyed. Uh, the Allies will never know this ever existed. Yeah, <laughs> all evidence is gone. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's one of these. Uh, I've always, I never saw. Uh, you know, it's YouTube had bits and pieces on. You can watch the whole thing if you want. But um, it's. Uh, I just thought it was hilarious. I'm watching this thing. I'm, I'm recognizing all these. These uh, 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 buildings from Hogan series. I'm expecting uh, John Banner and uh, and uh, and uh, Werner Klemper to come out and with Bob Crane and all that. So, but but as you mentioned, article Bob Crane also descended into this too. Right. He yeah. the whole the reason the the show went down the drain is Bob Crane couldn't remember his lines anymore mm-hmm. because he had become a sex addict. Yeah. He was too busy filming his own sex adventures. And anyway, it's all it all kind of revolves around uh, Los Angeles in 1975 and all the stuff that's going on there, including the Playboy Mansion, Hogan's Heroes, uh, the Rolling Stones, sadomasochism, all getting projected onto the Nazis. Yeah. And then, of course, Bob Kramer is bludgeoned to death in a. Uh, 1978, I think. Yeah, and they, they think it was John, his friend John Carpenter. I think. Yeah. 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 That, there, there's a, a movie called uh, what is it? Uh, Autofocus. Autofocus. Yeah, yeah, movie, which is a kind of moral movie. Uh, over. It uh, is actually yes. It's, it's kind of sad. It's it's his sad descent. That's what's the. Yeah. So it's it's a warning if you're a Catholic, don't get involved in uh, any of this type of stuff because it will kill you. I remember was, his, oh, his his wife in there is urging him to go to confession when she gets first gets the first inkling of what he's doing. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's... Yeah. Yeah. That was a uh, Schrader. What was Paul Schrader's uh, dig at the Catholic Church? But there's an element of truth to it. Well, there's so, a, tr- a, a truth to it. I was sympathetic. Yeah. I was watching it. No. Like, you know. Yeah. I was like, yeah, you should. <laughs> no, it's it's a cautionary tale. It's yeah. a moral. Yeah. It's a moral movie. Uh, and the wages of sin is death. That's the moral of that movie. Yeah, as it goes to your your thesis about horror films too. In the late seventies, their their reaction to uh, to Deep Throat is, of course, is Alien, and the idea that you know that uh, uh, sex kills, illicit sex eventually brings death and. To you you know so yeah the idea there is such a thing right it was illicit and that's one thing people get a uh, that's right <laughs> you know? and there is there is such a thing as guilt and guilt is a powerful yeah. force not only in person personally but in world history as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's right and a lot of these women i guess women who get involved in this or get involved in the whole i guess modern lifestyle uh 
you'll see their guilt play out because you know they abort their children or they live these lives and they, in order to cope with this guilt, uh, they instead of going to confession or being uh, uh, I guess free, uh, they uh, they go to these protests and right yeah anti-abortion or pro-abortion yeah. protest national organization of women runs on guilt guilt mm-hmm. from abortion so but anyway uh we're up at an hour now so i th- do you think we covered it i think so so the article uh, i guess it's due is it's the april edition of culture wars the great canadian trucker holocaust or how honk honk came to mean heil hitler so expect that in a few weeks in culture wars of course uh go to culturewars.com right yes for uh, all the books we've mentioned or didn't mention, uh, Fidelity Press or CultureWars.com. Yeah, you, your book on art. Here. You have a book on art that's at the printer now? It's at the printer. May 23rd is the delivery date. Okay, so that'd be, be able to uh, be purchased from the website after May 23rd then? Right, yes. As soon as we get copies, we'll start. But you could, yes, it'll be available on the FidelityPress.org website or CultureWars.com. Excellent. Well, well, thank you for coming back on the show. I'll let you go. Thank you, Tim. It's always a pleasure. You have a good night then. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Now who's gonna fight in World War Three? The boots may hit the ground, but you won't see me. No, I ain't chilling Russians for the land of the unfree. But who's gonna fight in World War Three? Welcome to our nightmare, the devil has confirmed Your vote had never counted, so skip your turn When all's said and done, oh it's all gonna burn <laughs> Rome wasn't burned in just one day You have no nation and you have no name They flood our homelands full of filth and say that you're to blame So why should I die and scratch my family name? Oh, just to be a loser in your game so who's gonna fight in World War Three? The boots may hit the ground, but you won't see me. No, I ain't killing Russians for the land of the unfree. But who's gonna fight in World War Three? You who lead the circus, well, we ain't your pets. And we ain't fight your endless wars while we drown in debt. We'll never be the same, but there's been no changes yet. Except the blood of our soil. Dear Donnie, are you listening? You lost our respect. You're just another shill for an oligarchal wreck. And when the body bags start coming home, don't you forget, yeah, well, this ain't our bloody mess. So who's gonna fight in World War Three? The boots may hit the ground, but you won't see me. No, I ain't killing Russians for the land of the unfree, but who's gonna fight in World War Three? Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to die. Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to die. Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to die. Our blood is on their hands. Abandon all hope to you who enter here. You're hanging by a thread on the sleeves of puppeteers. And as the empire falls, don't shed a single tear. (laughs) Just come on over and give it a little shove. So who's gonna fight in World War III? The boots may hit the ground, but you won't see me. No, I ain't killing nobody for the land of the unfree. But who's gonna fight in World War III? Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to die. Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to die. Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to die. Our blood is on their hands. Fair Columbia, lay it down to sleep and pray to Israel. Your battered soul to keep You may have died (laughs) And you won't wake Oh, what difference Does it even make Still I ain't fighting In World War Three The boots may hit the ground No, you won't see me No, I ain't killing Russians For the land of the unfree So 
Who's gonna fight in World War Three? Who's gonna fight in World War Three? Not me. Who's gonna fight in?